Accept and ignore, just kicking down all the doors. Guarantee you, boy, if I ask for it, it's gotta be real big. I gotta make it just for my kids and for their kids and kids. That's wealth, years and years. Promise my brother, soon as he out and finished his bid, we finna do it bigger than anybody ever did. The odds is real big, job that's real big. Satan trying a little, my God is real big. Stayed up on the grind on the cars is real big. I gotta do it big, the only way that I can live. And I promise I'm trying to Before you count me out, homie, let me remind you They was blocking the shine, now I think it's my time to Capping them dollar signs like lights, they'll blind you Let me rewind to Back when I was broken, I couldn't acquire two cents And now I got two rents They was sleeping on me, homie, must have got too big Call my phone, I be like, who this? Damn right, hell yeah, I'm brand new Smell like can too I'm fresh forever like can food Try and tell me what I can't do I wanna see the world, my vision on mood. I mean I got goals that's real big Foes that's real big Y'all offer too little, sorry, my soul is real Hello everybody and greetings Thank y'all for tuning in tonight On this episode of TK's Chronicles of a Black Sheep I'm the host TK and I have my I have two out of my three co-hosts with me tonight. The other one is still he's still locked up somewhere. <laughs> Bless his heart. But it's been peaceful. So uh two two Libras in in one session is just be overwhelming at times. So whenever we ain't got one, we're gonna count it as a blessing. Count it all joy. <laughs> Interesting. Bless. I'm just saying, both of y'all, man, like. Man, I don't even be doing nothing. I be chilling. I be in the cut. Relaxing. That's it. Mr. Nice Guy. I'm cool. Cool, calm, and collective. I'm going to burn my incense on, on that note. So, yeah. Um, While we got the host tonight, uh, the co-host, we got Nika Pinks. You didn't take your Rhythm Nation hat off? I, I wanted to wet. Look, I'm over here. I, can I put it back on? Can I please put it? You know what? No, no, no. I was waiting for you to rock it. You know that looking cute. You was giving me Janet vibes. I was like, oh, how time Miss Pink, if you Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, Lord. Here we go. I'm All right. And the other host, the other co-host, DJ. He didn't change his name umpteen million times. I'm sorry, ain't my fault. He don't know who the hell he is. Apparently, he's going through an identity crisis. Lord, here we go. Dude, you didn't change. Up, you didn't change your name about three, four times since you've been on here, Lord. So the reason why I changed it now is because I logged in from a different platform, and I couldn't remember the previous name. So you know. Anyways, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Thank y'all for joining. Thank y'all. Come on, let's get it going. Yes, yes, yes. So how was y'all's week? This is what, the second week of the new year? Y'all still feeling the, the week? My week, um, my week was interesting. Um, everything that was said that would take place actually took place. From the negative to the positive, I mean, to the T. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Everything that was told for me to watch out for, to prepare for, literally, it happened this week. Mm. And so, I'm glad that there. So, was is that is? Are you referring to what I sent you? Yes. Yes. I, oh. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm. I'm talking about two 
the T. Everything. Damn. Like, I mean, you know, I got a raise on my job. Um, a pretty. Oh. Um. <laughs> but people was testing me. I mean, like, uh, it was coming from everywhere. It was coming from everywhere. But I remember, I remember those words. And I was able to center myself, center myself. Thank you, to remember those focal points and those. So I, I was, I got through it. I got through it. Thank y'all. T. Oh, yay! Congratulations. Look at my little baby. My I'm looking baby. Forward, what's to come? I'm looking forward to what's to come. It's just a. So I, I'm I'm gonna call your ass out a little bit though in, in celebration of you. Why the hell you just not tell saying this on the podcast and we had breakfast and shit this morning and and talked to you during the week and you ain't said a motherfucking name, but then you wanna get on here and make a public service announcement. Well, just, you make it well, cause how much have we been talking during this week? If you notice I've been kind of quiet. Mm. Kind of I've been quiet intentionally because I was going through everything that I was supposed to go through. Mm. So as I'm going through it, I, I go through it. Then afterwards, then we talk about it. And then he was too busy feeding his face this morning to talk. Wait, 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 wait. Man. Wait. Man. Had one meal. I didn't have two meals. First of all, I had a <laughs> sample. Look, you to say nothing, T. You could have just played dumb. No, no, because he's trying to be funny. Because I know <laughs> he's been trying to go there all day. I had now a taco to try it to make sure it was to my liking because beef, it, listen, beef is expensive. Carne gasadas are expensive. That taco was so I did try one to make sure it was to my liking to make sure the meat was tender and they didn't have all that other stuff that me and my bestie don't like in it. So I took one for the team to make sure it was good. So it was good. That taco was fucking fantabulous. Like it was melted all in your mouth, like it, it melted in your mouth. It was delicious. So while That's I was there, I figured let me try course. something else. I tried something else. Ain't nothing bigger than that. So I tried something else, which was the enchilada, so I could get some more carne asada because that carne asada was bombed out. That put me in a coma. I came home and was out for like four hours. Out of there, I was sleeping good. Damn. That was that that meal was better than sex. Wait, what? <laughs> I think I think that, 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 that a too far. A lot of that put me in a coma. I understand uh, well, where you're going. That you've been neglected in the sex area because I'm sorry. Never mind. Let's keep moving. So yeah, it was that, a good week. That was it, a food. That was a food gasm. Uh huh. Definitely interesting. Yeah, we know that meat. It was very. Well. It was very good. Along. It did. Felt wonderful in my mind. It was a very good taco. I can't play. I'm done. Y'all, come on now. Please, Please behave. It was all easy. Oh man, that 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 was all that you did good today, for real. On the food spot, you did you did amazing because you but you you did awesome today. That was on point. Peace was ready to go back. So yeah, my week was good. It went kind of fast. It was interesting. Well, actually, I almost cussed like some people out this week, so maybe not. I almost cussed a couple of 
people that they be trying to test my gangster. Um, you have no gangster. But anyway, but it, it went well, you know, some putting some stuff in motion, collecting some information, getting some, you know, info together and researching and stuff. So it was kind of a busy week. So I'll take it, setting the foundation. So yeah. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, so um thanks you you was good this week. Everything all right. Yeah, I think it was good. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff that that needs to be done that we just waiting on, you know. So I'm I'm ready to get the ball rolling. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad because I didn't wake up a billionaire this morning. But man, that part is always tomorrow. Um, wait a minute, I could have played tonight. It's Saturday. tonight. Because the lottery is tonight too. So tonight. Yeah, I didn't wake up a, yes. a, a multi-billionaire, but there is still time and I will claim it and receive it to get me some coins because we got things to do. So I'm, I'm yes, good. And tonight we are burning positive vibes. We're burning positive vibes. Don't ask me because I only got one box. So nobody asked me for no instance because I only got one box. But yeah, yeah, but it smells um, fine. I got a mixture. Dang, that's what we was doing tonight. We doing commercials and stuff. I got the positive no. vibe as well as the precious patchouli. Yeah, patchouli go hard in the paint. So, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So tonight, Palo Santo. Bam! That was given by the bestie. Yep, I still got it. It stays in here. I only burn the podcast nights. I love it. That's one of my favorites. That and Dragon's Blood. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I'm an incense whore. Anybody, I love my incense. This changes your mood. So, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, God damn it. All right. So, tonight, I am excited to have this guest on tonight. Um, she is actually one of our followers. Um, and we met on TikTok. So this is part of also the TikTok fam. Um, let me see. Hold on. Before she gets situated. Let's see. She over there working. She was having some technical difficulties. So she over there. I'm looking at she working it out. She got that other laptop going. So um, I am definitely excited to have her on to tell her story. Um, so of course tonight's um topic is called matters of the heart so you know we try to um not only have discussions about relationships and life and things going on but we also like to have episodes educating and opening our eyes to other uh illnesses disease diseases diagnosis and everything because you know this is that stuff that be you know little tucked in the corner somewhere that a lot of people don't like to talk about, don't know about it, don't want to address. So we are going to have this topic tonight and uh, ask everybody, of course, to definitely remain respectful in the comments and uh, won't, don't start none, won't be none because um, I will be monitoring and of course, you two do their job too. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get this started. And we are going to bring on 
Slee Just Me. Hey, Slee. Hey. I Hi. see you got it going over there. <laughs> I saw you doing the changes in the background. I said, look at her. She working it. She getting it done. <laughs> That's what's up. Awesome. Welcome to the Chronicles. And we are glad to have you on tonight. You usually you're in the comments, but today you are you are up yonders. <laughs> up yonders. I made it to the big up screen. Yeah. So that is yes, definitely. So tell us a little bit about sleep. What you shooting a piece on for? I was speaking. Um oh that so hi everybody. Let me let me first speak to everybody. Um I am S Lee, just me. Hold on, sorry. I am Esley, just me. Um, I live in Texas. Um, and I don't know what else. Follow me on TikTok because I'm trying to get to 10,000 by June. 20,000 by. I'm surprised December. you ain't there yet. And we're going to talk about, talk about, not yet close. I'm like, like yes. almost 6,500. Man, that'd be a whole so, uh, yeah. Hey, Softville Weekend. Cool. Yay! I okay, am actually live on. I'm live on TikTok right now as well, um, and so I'm trying to, you know, spread it. I've shared the link a lot, so um, I shared it to my Facebook and all the rest of that stuff. So yeah, we'll talk about some stuff. Okay. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I became aware of your condition, of course, from us being on TikTok and it just blew me away. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely got to have you on, of course, which you were more than open to being on to have this discussion. So I'm, like I said, super excited because it was definitely something that I was not aware of. I was like, oh. And then when you hit me with the abbreviation, for me being an autism mom, I just know that is being referred to one for autism. So I was like, oh, okay, that is. So can you tell us what ASD is for you? Um, ASD for me stands for atrial septal defect. Um, so um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Definitely. An atrial septal defect is a defect in your heart. Um, before I was born, my heart never fully formed. Um, so I was born with what is commonly known as I had a hole in my heart and I had a heart murmur. Um, pretty much everybody is born with a hole in their heart, but usually within a couple of hours of birth, it closes. For some people, it doesn't close um, and it grows. For some people, it just takes a little longer for it to close. But most most people, the whole in hours of birth. Um, but the places where my defect was, it did not close. It just stayed open and it grew as I grew. Um, that was one of them. The other defect that I had was called mitral valve prolapse. Um, so the easiest way to describe it is in your heart, you have four chambers, like quick anatomy lesson. You have four chambers of your heart. 
the top part of your heart is called your atrium. The bottom part is your ventricles. And in between the four chambers, because on one side of your heart, there's blood without oxygen. And on the other side of the heart, there's oxygenated blood. And there is a wall of tissue that separates the two. I did not have the wall that separated the two at all. Um, and so unoxygenated blood and oxygenated blood were commingling. Unoxygenated blood was going out to my body, which is a very bad thing. The other problem I had, the other defect I have is called mitral valve prolapse. Your mitral valve is a valve that goes in between the atrium and the ventricles, and it opens and closes with each heartbeat. And when it opens, blood pools down into that chamber. And when it closes, it contracts and it pushes the blood out to your body. So it's supposed to do like this. Mine did like this. So can I ask you a question that may seem, um, I don't know, it may seem shallow, but so you um, also uh, deal with um, alopecia, correct? I do. Right. And and that's a um, autoimmune, right? It is. Does that have to do with the unoxygenated blood being pumped through or? Um, if it does, I'm not aware. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. If it does, I'm not aware, um, but it could. I mean, um, it's kind of how that works, correct? The blood? Um, blood does have to go out to your body, but mm -hmm. um, alopecia is a separate issue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay, if there's a correlation between cardiac issues and alopecia, I'm not aware of it. Well, because I was just thinking about the unoxygenated blood, you know, flowing mm -hmm. and maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but... I um I didn't have the valve, not enough of that valve in my heart ever formed for it to be able to close. Um, with the condition that I was born with, um, every medical textbook will tell you that I should not have lived with the condition being untreated. I should not have lived past my sixth birthday. I should have experienced a sudden cardiac event, heart failure. I should have experienced um, heart failure prior to my sixth birthday. Um, however, I didn't even know I had it until I was 12. Um, we found out. Yeah, that. I was actually, I was actually about to ask that. When yes. did you actually get diagnosed? Because all this time, as you said, by six, somebody, the alarm should have been going. So mm -hmm. this went unknown until you were 12 until I was 12. So I was the kid. You remember that kid when you were little? Like they was always sick. They was all, If it was something going around, they was going to be the first one to catch it. I got one of those. <laughs> I got that one was of those. me. So it's really strange that nobody caught it prior to my 12, prior to me being 12, because I was always at the doctor. I was always at the doctor because yeah. I was the sick kid. I was the one that was, if it was something going, I was going to catch it. But no one ever caught it. Um, and so when I was 12, um, I started having nosebleeds. This is how we found the road to finding out. I started having nosebleeds. Um, and at first it was like, you know, once every couple weeks, once a week, like, then it was like every other day, then it was like every day. Um, and then like, 
I would have long nosebleeds, like 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. Like my nose was just, and I, I didn't have to be doing anything. I didn't have to be too hot. I didn't have to be, I literally be sitting down watching TV. I could be in class and it would just start bleeding. Um, And it got to the point where it was just annoying. And so my mama was like, you know, I was having to take extra clothes to school with me because I'd be sitting in class. My nose would just start bleeding and I'd drip all over my clothes and so on. Um, so my mama took me to, well, no, I was having the nosebleeds. Um, and this is where the churchy part comes in. I'm a PK. I was um, at the end of the year revival um, at the church, or it was a citywide end of the year revival. And there was this lady named Joyce Rogers, Evangelist Joyce Rogers. She just passed away last year. Um, she, I went up to get prayer for these nosebleeds because I was tired of the nosebleeds as well. And she said to me, baby, where is your mama? And I pointed my mama out and she said, I need you to get her to a doctor because it's not just a nosebleed. Something else is going on. You need to get this baby to a doctor and you need to get her to a doctor quickly. So my mama made an appointment with the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Um, I went to the ENT appointment. And when he was checking my vitals, he said to us, listen, my dad's an ENT and my granddad is an ENT. I've always known that's the area of medicine that I wanted to go into. He said, and my cardiac rotation was a very long time ago. And I barely remember anything. But I think... I heard a heart murmur when I listened to her. I'm not sure if that's what I heard, but I think it is. He said, there's a pediatric cardiologist that comes to town once a month. Cause I live, I grew up in a very small town in Texas. There's a pediatric cardiologist that comes to town once a month. If you will take her to this appointment, appointment and take her to go see this pediatric cardiologist, I'll pay for the appointment. Cause I just want to know what I heard. So my mama scheduled the appointment. I went to go see the cardiologist, did an EKG, and the doctor walks in. He sticks his stethoscope to my chest, tells me to breathe in and out a couple times, puts it on my back, tells me to breathe in and out a couple times. He takes it off and he says, okay, I know exactly what's wrong with her. And we was like, wait, wait, hold on, sir. We didn't know nothing was really wrong with me. What do you mean? And so then, of course, he was confused, like, why would we be at a cardiologist appointment if we didn't think something was wrong? And so my mama told him he yeah. left out. He went and got the ear, nose and throat doctor because they were in the same building, brought him back into the room with us and explained it to me, my mama and the ENT all at the same time. And that's how I found out. That's exactly now, and then a mom. With, with one of those kids that it seemed like every time the wind blows, they got something. As your mom, your, speak of that, did you send the link to your mama? Look, yes. I out. did. I don't okay, know if she watched it. <laughs> but I did. Send okay. It. Cool. Uh, there, there are certain diagnoses that are in life when you get and it just be like your whole world and fail. Like Mm -hmm. you sitting there like damn like you like wait a minute did I just hear what I thought I heard 
Repeat that one more time <laughs> for the people in the back because it's like, okay, you start going through the motions of how do we miss this? This kid is always, and my kid was like that too, lived in the doctor's office. So it was like, how the hell do we miss this? Like all of that. So after you got to that point where now you know what is wrong, what was that next step? Mm -hmm. He told us that I needed to have open heart surgery. Mm. The mama said, yeah. when? He said, we can get it done. And so my mama said, well, school just started back after Christmas break. Can we wait till the summer? Because he explained that after the surgery, I was going to have to be out of school for anywhere from six to eight weeks to recover. And she said, well, school just started back after Christmas break. Can we wait till the summer? And then, you know, she got surgery in the summer. And he said, well, yes, she could. He said, but this is what we're facing. And he said, she's facing heart failure. If the difference in a heart attack and heart failure is if she has a heart attack and she dies, we can shock her and bring her back. Possibly. Mm. She has heart failure. She dies and she's dead. My mama mm. said, so how soon can we schedule this surgery? Literally 21 days after I found out that I had to have surgery, I was on an operating table. So Ooh. I found out. Um, I had my very first open heart surgery. It's about to be 30 years of January 26 will be 30 years ago from my very first open heart surgery. Wait, yeah. you said first. Yeah. So how many to this date have you had? Four. Wow. I've had four open heart surgeries wow. and I've had three pacemaker surgeries. Okay. So you, so, that's what, seven what? surgeries that you've had? Because you had to have four here and three here. Uh, seven cardiac surgeries. Yes. Cardiac related surgeries. Well, you know, I already told you when I heard, when I even heard just a bit, I was like, this is a whole survivor right here. You, you bring a whole different definition to survivor. My like, mom literally because was watching on and she you said my heart was already enlarged by 40%. I forgot that part. Did you hear me, TK? Yeah. yeah. My mom was watching on TikTok and she said my heart was already enlarged by 40% at that time. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Like, how how did you even digest that news at 12? Can y'all hear me? It went away for a second. Yeah. You break it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. How how did how at 12 do you digest yeah. okay. that news? Yeah. Um, honestly, I prayed about it. 
I had people praying for me. They told me that that wasn't the end of my story. And I believed them. Yeah. And then I went to a, I had a phenomenal pediatric cardiologist. Um, and the hospital that I went to, the pediatric ward that I went to was amazing. Um, they did everything to kind of make it easier for me. So like I went into the hospital a couple days before my surgery. They took blood from me. They took my own blood from me in case I need blood during the surgery so they could give me my own blood back. So I didn't have to get like donor blood. Um, and then they had this doll that they could make whatever was wrong with you. They could make it wrong with the doll. Right. Like a little mannequin cadaver looking hmm. thing. And so the day before I had my surgery, they came and got me. I went into this mock operating room, scrubbed in, and I performed the surgery on the doll that I was going to have done on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was fully aware of what was going to happen to me because I did it to the doll. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Wow. So I remember on um, one of the conversations we had on TikTok, you mentioned that, of course, there's a, I guess you could say a expiration date to you having um, the device. And it's not a. Yes. You kind of don't even know when, basically, it will stop. Well, okay, so we're talking about two different things. So the open mm. heart surgery was primarily on mm. the ASD and the mitral valve, right? The pacemaker is a completely different situation. So um, the pacemaker come into play until after the fourth open heart surgery, and I developed a complication after that surgery. That was the first time that I had ever developed a complication um, from surgery past, you know, my body didn't necessarily like come back off of from the artificial methods that they have to work, to keep your body pumping and all of that stuff. Um, sometimes I would have a little trouble coming back from that. Um, but primarily I didn't develop any complications until after my fourth surgery, kind of. So the reason I had to have the second surgery, let me tell y'all that real quick. Um, the day I was supposed to go home from the hospital, I had been in the hospital. The day I was supposed to go home from the hospital after the first surgery, um, my doctor came into my room. I knew that that was the day I was supposed to go home. Um, he came into my room that morning. He said, how you feeling? I said, I'm, I'm feeling fine. I'm ready to go home. And mind you, I was 12. I was away from all my friends. This is back, you know, when they still had long distance mm -hmm. calling. And, you know, I couldn't talk to none of my friends. <laughs> I, you know, I was in Dallas that away part. from everybody. So I was ready to go home. Um, he said, did you sleep well? And I said, I slept real good. I'm ready to go home. And he said, I slept that good. I'm sorry, but I'm ready to go home. <laughs> and so he said, well, before you go home, 
I want to do another echo. And all the echo is, it's an echocardiogram. It's basically a sonogram, the same kind of sonogram you get when you're pregnant. They just do it on your heart. So they call it something different. He said, well, I want to do another echo on you before you go home. And I said, okay. So the tech came in to do the echo. And by this time I'd had a few of them. So we, me and my mama were kind of familiar with what we were looking at. And so we saw this little thing in there and it looked like it was waving at us like this. Every time my heart would beat, it was doing this. And the tech was like, And she was pressing a little hard and she kept. And so my mom said, what's that little thing waving at us? And she said, um, and she said, where is the patch that they put in her heart? Because that's how they repaired it. They put to patch the wall. They basically built me a wall and they used this little material to patch it up. And the woman was like, oh, that's over here. And she moved that little thing like way down in my stomach somewhere. And me and my, I remember me and my mama looking at each other like. So my doctor comes back in and he tells us that the patch that he had put in, the sutures, which are stitches on the inside of your body, the sutures had come out. Mm -hmm. So had I come that day, I would have left the hospital with the exact same problem that I came into the hospital with. Damn. Damn. So I had to have another open heart surgery in order for them to refix what they had just fixed. So that was the second one. So I had that surgery February 2nd of 1993. So it'll be 30 years from my second open heart surgery on February 2nd. Damn, that, that's um, a lot on the body and a child, a child at that. That's a lot. Yeah, that's um, a lot. They, they told us that I would probably never be able to have kids um, because they said that my heart would never be strong enough to sustain C to full term. And that if I ever got pregnant at some point, a choice would have to be made my life or my baby's life. Um, I have a 24 year old son that I had with no That's cardiac complications. And I was like a month overdue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you definitely blew me away when you told me that. Cause it was, it's like, when they tell you no, God says yes. So that's like, um, oh, it's funny you say that. Um, me and my mom talk about this and we kind of laugh about it pretty much anything that the doctors tell me if they say oh this is absolutely going to happen positive or negative it never happens for me if they say oh there's absolutely no way this is going to happen positive negative it always happens i am always my case is always the direct contradiction of what they have expected what they have said every single time every single time yeah and i i love that because uh, that the diagnosis itself is already heavy 
But like you said, with everything, you've you've bypassed because like I said, at six, they was like, uh, yeah, she should have been up out of here. But especially with it being untreated. But even now, like, look where you are. You have your son, no issues. So, man, like I said, your story is just was like unbelievable to me. Like, it's that thing that's like, I'm covered. Like, literally, like, God got me in every sense. And yeah, I just love it. He does. Um, yes, definitely. Um, so when you were talking about the pacemaker and you said, like, the timing of the pacemaker, you kind of don't know when the pacemaker technically is going to go. It's like kind of. Yes and no. Going so, with flow. Okay. Okay. I know I get my pacemaker. Um, I get a check every three months. So I go to my cardiologist and they check it every six months. And then I have a device um, that stays in my bedroom. And it does basically like a telecheck. The next one will be March. Yeah, in March. Um, and it basically okay. checks it while I'm asleep, obviously, right? And then it sends support to my doctor's office. And then they call me and say, hey, this is what your device is doing, blah, blah, blah. And then in June, I'll go in and the technician will check it in person. So it checks every three months. So in March, it does it at home. In, in June, I go in and said, so, "Oh, where you ready to go? Oh, I think y'all can see. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and so you broke up a little bit. When I go in, she can tell. Okay, when I go in, she can tell me about how much battery I have left on my pacemaker. Okay, and so." Um, it lasts anywhere between five to seven years. And so right now I have about two and a half, almost three years left on this battery. And then it'll be time for me to go in to get it redone. But when it went, basically, you know how like <laughs> when your phone battery gets low, it beeps and it tells you, hey, your battery's low and you need to put it on the charger. So when it gets close to time, Probably when I have about anywhere between 30 to 60 days left on my battery, um, once a day, it will set off an alarm that you can hear. And it sounds like um, like the British police. And it does it for like 10 seconds. And it says, and it does it for like 10 seconds. And then it stops. And it does every day until you go have the procedure to have it, it changed. Yes. Okay, so the first time that that happened, did it like scare the hell out of you? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was getting out of my car. Crazy. I was ready to go into work, right? I was getting ready to go into work and I was getting out of the car and it said, and I was like, Me? 
And I immediately called the doctor's office. And uh, I mean, because I knew in December when I had had my my um my checkup in December, she had told me it's going to be next year sometime. Like at some point next year is when you're going to have to have the surgery to have it upgraded. And I was like, OK, so <laughs> when it did it, I was like, was it me? So I immediately called and I was like, I need to speak. Her name is Tori. Um, I was like, I need to speak to Tori. And so as soon as she got on the phone, she was like, hey, did your alarm just go off? That was me for real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was you. That would have. And I was like, how much time do I have? And she was like, about 60 days, no more than 90. And I said, okay. And so I was like, what do I need to do? And I had some other life was happening at that point. Like life was for real happening. And I was like, all right, give me a little bit. I'll be there. And so it started going off in May, the beginning of May. And I had the procedure July 8th. That was the third. You push maker surgery. Oh, yeah, I was pushing it. You was pushing it. I was in there July 9th. <laughs> Baby. Uh, yeah, you was you was pushing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was mm. pushing it. But life was life thing. Mm. I've been there July 9th. Life do be lifing. Yeah, life life do be lifing. You 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 definitely right. Life be lifing. Um oh yeah. Okay, so like I said, I learned so much. TikTok, we go live. So, mm -hmm. what precautions with I want to say just day to day life do you have to take? Because I know one of the times you had a dental, uh, you had a dental appointment, yes. and there's even precautions you have to take with your dental procedures. Yes. So, anytime I go to the dentist, because I'm a cardiac patient, um, I have to do what they call pre med which means I have to take antibiotics before I go to the dentist. An hour before I have any dental procedure, even just cleaning, I have to take like 2,000 milligrams of antibiotic. Because a lot of people don't understand that the same plaque that builds up on your teeth, you know how you about people having bypass surgeries and their arteries are all clogged up? That same plaque that builds up on your teeth is the exact same plaque that be in your arteries clogging them up. So there's like a direct line into your body. And so if they do something wrong, if they poke some, if I get some kind of infection in my mouth, it could directly affect my heart. And so I have to pre-med before I go to dentist appointments. Um, I have developed congestive heart failure. So there's, a, you know, a, whole little list of medications that I take. Um, I have to, I'm on a fluid restriction, which means I'm not supposed to have more than a liter and a half of fluid every day. Um, and fluid is literally anything that goes into your body and that can turn into a liquid. So soup, ice cream, fruit, um, a lot of vegetables, most vegetables, juice, water, snow cones, like all of those things are considered fluids. 
And so I have to monitor the amount of fluids that I intake every day. I'm not supposed to have more than a liter and a half. I go over there sometimes. Um, but I also take diuretic to push the excess fluid out of my body. Um, I, because of my fourth surgery, um, I had to have my mitral valve replaced. So they replaced it with a mechanical valve. And I tick like a little clock, um, <laughs> which drove me crazy when I first got it. Um, but because of that valve, I have to take a blood thinner. Yes, ma'am. So I could be standing next to you and you're going to be ticking like a bomb. Yes, ma'am. Do you give people public service announcements about that before they meet you in person or something? Yes, I do. Because I'm asking. Because I know the discussion for a meet and greet thing came on. And I can see everybody like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, what's that? What's that? Now, if it's loud in the room and stuff, you won't hear it. But if it gets really okay. quiet, you'll hear it. Yeah. Got you. Like, if it's quiet, you'll hear it. But if it's loud, you, you won't hear it. But I do tick. Um, and because of the mechanical valve, I take a blood thinner. Um, that's one of the other things I take because if my blood gets too thick and it clots up around the valve and stops the valve from working, yeah. then I will experience what is called sudden death. And that is exactly what it sounds like. Ooh. So I take a blood thinner yeah. every day. Um, there, because I have a pacemaker, there are certain things like um, I have it to, in, to install the pacemaker. Um, they actually cut into your muscle and like basically cut a chunk of muscle out and implant it in that spot um, so that it doesn't protrude out your body too much. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not big, like the whole thing. I, I should have brought the other one. I have the old one. Um, I asked them if I could really have it so once you, they took you my last one out. That's what's up. I have it. I asked them if I could have it. It was mine, it was in my body. Um, so I'm I have playing. the last one that I had. I should have brought it, I didn't even think about it, but I do have it. Um, and so it sits and like it sits right here. I don't know if y'all can see that. Let me turn. This is the scar from my pacemaker surgery, and it's that's it. That's I about see. how big it is. Yeah. Wow. Wow. See, they thought I was crazy I when like I had Christmas my hand surgery three years ago. And I kept my the needle that I had in my hand, and they thought I was crazy for that. But I was like, we even became one. Right. What y'all gonna do with it? I mean, no, it's like mine. It's been there like, it was like, like, what, three, four months? I think I had that thing on my Cleaned it out real good no, and gave it to me in a little baggie. I'm saying, mm -hmm. mine in a nice little jar. Yeah, they cleaned it out real good and to me in a little baggie. When I left and went home, it came with me. Yeah. Now, the funny thing, hey. this is funny. This might make y'all laugh a little bit. So, um, after they gave it to me when I got home, when I got it home, the alarm kept going off every day until it finally, until the battery completely died. 
Man, that would have messed me up because I would have been thinking that's my new one. Man, I would have been like, oh, shit, wait, 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 and then forgot I got that. See, that would have been me. I was like, oh, shit, wait, I just got this one. Hold on. And be like, oh, shit, that's the old one. So, uh, yeah, that I did. I thought it was the new one. That messed me all the way up. I wouldn't have been no good. I'm paranoid, anxiety yeah. on 200. I would have been all messed up. Wow. I did think yeah, that it was the new one, um, but it wasn't. It was the old one. So until the battery completely okay. died in that one, the alarm kept going off once a day. Okay, so I, I am going to ask this question because I'm curious as hell since you didn't said it. So do, Go ahead. Do, ask do anything. You know, anything. Do you, know, do you know exactly where your old one is? Because I want to see it. I ain't going to be lie to you. You think exactly where it is right now? I'm like, I'm like just curious, just to see. No, I don't know exactly where it is right now. And if I had thought about it, I would have had it so that y'all could see it. But I don't know exactly where it is right now. Like I told you, your story is just like I had never heard of any of this and that. Like I've heard of congestive heart failure, but. Your whole diagnosis, your story, I had never heard mm. at all until I met you last year on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I had a question. Now, there's another. Yes, go ahead. So, I, I don't know if I'm jumping, jumping uh, you know, ahead too far, but I know it was on TikTok Live and you was talking about your um, not rebirth, but realive anniversary right after the fourth surgery i i think you were saying that that you died or something like that right i did you you want to tell us a little bit about that or is that okay yes i can tell you about it actually um today's the 14th right Yes. So yesterday was the 10 year anniversary of the day that I died twice. So I officially have lived 10 years in one day past the day that I died twice. So that particular day, (laughs) Payson took a hat off. This a lot for me. Like they've heard the story before. I'm over here. I got no, I only heard bits and like the little pieces. I hadn't heard like a lot of this is still new for me. I only heard like bits and pieces because there was a guy on the live also that kind of went through something. So he had a pacemaker, but his story wasn't the same as sleeves. So I've only heard bits and pieces of stuff. I like I don't know the whole story. So I like this her talking about she didn't die twice. I'm like I'm like I wasn't ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Hey, this is a whole okay, warrior so and survivor right here for real. After my fourth surgery, when they replaced the mitral valve, when they took mine out and put the metal one in. Um I was doing really really well like way better than they expected me to do. Um, you know, they again had told me that my recovery was going to be super long and, you know, it wasn't in the beginning. Um, 
that particular day, I had been really, really sore. Um, I after a after a surgery, I developed really bad insomnia every single time, um, and I was really sore. So after a surgery, like they cut your chest bone open, they literally saw it open, and so it's like you have a broken bone in the middle of your body. All of that. Yeah, I was really sore. Like you, I can't, you, you can't raise your elbows above your shoulders. Like you're stiff. And so that day, um, I just, yeah, I, I was hurting. There's nothing they can give you for that because it's just muscle aches. Yeah. Um, and that night I couldn't sleep as usual. And I had asked my nurse to, um, my nurse and my tech, if I could get out of the bed and sit in a chair. Because I just felt like maybe it would help me with the soreness because I wouldn't be laid back. And so I was in the chair for a while um, in the room. And so my nurse and my tech came into the room and they was like, listen, you got to try and get some rest. Even if you just lay back in the bed and close your eyes in the dark, your body needs to rest because sleep is very important to healing. Um, so I said, OK. So nurse got on one side, tech got on the other side. And they're helping me from the chair to the bed. As I went to sit down, like I was literally going in the seating position towards the bed, everything cut off. Everything went black. The only way I can describe it to understand it is ever like been in the bathroom in the shower or something and then somebody else came in the bathroom and then when they left out they accidentally flipped the light switch off because they forgot just like out of habit and then you in the shower and all of a sudden it's total blackness that's yeah. exactly what happened that's exactly what happened um and my heart stopped beating it stopped beating for eight beats so you can count like Put your hand on your chest, count to eight. It stopped for eight beats. Um, and then it started back. But when it started back, like I was like slumped because they had had me like up under my arms helping me. And so like my body was slumped to the floor. Like basically they were holding me up from not like face planting on the floor. Um, and I remember coming back and I was like, what was that? What just happened? What just happened? And this lady, so there's these people, I think these are the heroes of the cardiac department. I always say that there are people who are what they call tele-nurses. Their entire job, they work 12-hour shifts, just like a regular nurse. Their entire job is to come and sit and watch heart monitors for 12 hours a day. Like on these screens, everybody that's on the floor, on that cardiac floor has a monitor on and their job is to watch heart beats for 12 hours a day mm. you can't play on you for 12 hours a day um wow and so one of the tele nurses was running in and was like what's going on um and they were like, my nurse was like, she just went out. And so they were like, get her back in the bed. Telling nurse runs back out. And I'm still like, what is going on? What is this? What's happening? Completely confused, terrified. Um, 
And I remember looking up and looking out the door and I saw the tele nurse coming back around the corner, heading back toward my room. And it did it again. Black again. At that time it was out, I think for 12 or 13 beats. Um, the equivalent of 12 to 13 beats. Um, then it came back. And when it came back, my nurse was in the room. The tech was still there. Another nurse, the tele nurse, and another, I think, tele nurse were in there. And I just like jumped up and was like, what is going on? What is it? like? Mind you, it's like yeah, two o'clock in the morning. It's like two o'clock in the morning. And I don't know what's going on. I just know it's like nothing. And then I'm then I come back. And I couldn't tell, you know, how long I had been. I just knew I was awake and then it was nothing. And then I was awake. Um, and so the male nurse that was in the room, he said, Your heart stopped beating. You made my, my heart stop beating. <laughs> like that part. Heart don't, yeah. Your heart don't just stop beating. And so he said, um, do you have a pacemaker? Um, and I said, because after the surgery, they hook you up to a temporary pacemaker anyways, um, just so that your okay. heart can kind of gradually get back supposed to do. And I said, I have a temporary one hooked up, but it's not turned on. He said, we're going to turn it back on. So they turned it back on. Um Called my just called my cardiothoracic surgeon, explained to him what was going on. He said, Tell her, I said, do not get up out of the bed for anything. I will see her in the morning. Don't get up to go to the bathroom. Stay in that bed and don't move. Is that okay? Um, I called my mama. As you can imagine, two o'clock in the morning, her child calling her from the hospital. She woke up in a panic. Yeah. She sleep. She answered the phone in full. What's going on? I explained to her what had happened. And she was like, as you can imagine, any mama would. I called my daddy. Same thing. Yeah. Um, by 7 a.m., my daddy was in the hospital. <laughs> he made it to me. Neither one of my parents, I don't think either one of my parents went back to sleep after that. Um, how could you? He, like, how could you? Right. I ain't go to sleep either. I was scared. I'm telling y'all, I was scared to close my eyes. I'm not going to even lie. Um, and so my doctor came in. And by the time he got there, my mama was there. Um, and we were like, you know, what's going on? And he was like, well, you know, where the valve is, there's some swelling. My mama said she was up praying. Um, there's some swelling in that area. And it, you know, just needs to heal a little bit more. And, and, and we'll, we'll be okay. What's the name? And say, she's, she's never had a complication before and she'll be fine. She absolutely will not need a pacemaker. And me and my mama look at her. Because like I told y'all, every time they tell me I'm going to do something, it always happens. And sure enough, I ended up needing a pacemaker. 
So now I am what's called 100% paced, which means every single heartbeat I have is generated by my pacemaker. I, um, what happened was, let me explain. So where the valve is, it sits next to what's called the conductor in your heart. Um, so like if you ever watch like one of those TV shows that look like it go boom, 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 part of your heart, the AM beats, it sends an electrical signal through the conductor to your ventricles to tell your ventricles to beat. So the boom is the atrium and the ventricles beating. Where the valve is, sits right next to the conductor. Because my valve is metal, my electrical signal gets lost. So my atrium still beats, but my ventricles don't. And so I have, for my pacemaker, I have what's called a biventricular ICD, which means I have a biventricular, which means I have a work to both of my ventricles, because at first I only had one, but they didn't work. Wire in each of one of my ventricles so that I can have a heartbeat. Um, when I go into the doctor's office for them to check my pacemaker, they drop my heartbeat down to see if I've regained any of my own ventricular heartbeat. By law, they're only allowed to drop me down to 30 beats a minute because anything below 30 beats a minute is not enough to sustain life. So they drop me to 30 and see if my heart will kick in. And it it hasn't in the last 10 years. So I don't have enough of a ventricular heartbeat of my own to sustain life. So for me to live. So every one of my heartbeats is generated in my pacemaker. Um, and then I also have uh, um, the ICD part is like the clear boom, the shocker. I have one of those, a defibrillator in my chest as well. So I have a pacemaker and a defibrillator com combo. So if it were to go wrong, um, my pacemaker is designed to correct my heartbeat in three ways because I developed arrhythmias, which is an irregular heartbeat, is designed to correct mm -hmm. it in three ways. The first way is it will either speed my heartbeat up until it catches and gets into a regular rhythm, or it will slow it down until it catches and is in a regular rhythm. And neither of those work, it'll shock me. It's never had to shock me before. Wow. Technology is like, wow, like freaking amazing. It's never had to shock me. I've been told that the shock feels like someone kicks you in your chest and then you pass out. But mine has never had to shock me before, and I'm very thankful for it. I couldn't even imagine. Like, damn, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Wow. The only and other thing that you asked me earlier about um, adjustments I've had to make in life, the only other adjustment yeah. that affects me on a day-to-day -day basis is that I, um, I, I have this what's called stem. So there's a nerve that runs along the left 
excited to be Right. Right. Okay, hold on, because you broke up for a minute. That hold nerve. On. And okay. Can y'all hear me now? Sometimes when I lay yeah, on my left side, um, um the electrical signal and when the signal when the electrical signal goes to my heart to make it beat, it'll hit that nerve and it'll jump a little bit. And it feels like I just do a little, little, yeah, that's what it is. So that's the only other. Day to day. Can I ask you a question? Okay, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, um, that T-Mobile internet, so it's all good, that slow internet. But, uh, but, I, but what I was oh, going to ask you, even worse, so um, <laughs> this is a lot, right? It, it's a lot of information. It's a lot to process. Um, so, like, when dating, like, how soon do you give certain information what do you tell people or do you tell them anything or do you wait until it progresses or like how, um, do, how do you i guess it kind of depends on how much i like the person okay i know it's probably okay. weird like i ain't trying to tell everybody everything um but what ends up happening is i have scars you know i have a scar down the middle of my chest that's visible and I have this scar over here. And so what ends up happening a lot of times is people be like, what happened? And so, I mean, I'll sometimes I'll just say, oh, I had, you know, if I don't really like the person, I'd be like, I had open heart surgery and I had a picker. Um, depending on how much I like the person determines whether or not I go into full details mm. and tell them. But I typically do it pretty early in the process because this this is something that I have and it's going to be with me for the rest yeah. of my life. So it's yeah. gonna be in my life and part of your life too. So I want people to be able to make informed decisions. Like not everybody can deal with it, not everybody can handle it. And so I I, I want people to be able to make informed decisions. And if it's something you can't handle. I ain't tripping about that. You know what I'm saying? You can't handle it. It's cool. It's not something that you are required to be able to deal with. So, mm -hmm. you know, I want them to be able to make an if This is something. Thank you. you very kind of me and have a great life. I mean, I can't change it. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, so you say that you have a 24-year-old son. Like did I do was that relationship impacted in any sort? Like was it like how did you juggle that? Like or how With did he son? deal? Yeah. Um, yes, so he didn't really have to deal with it. Um, other than me just going to the doctor. Well, when he was first born, because they did tell me that it could be hereditary. So mm. I was taking him to cardiologists. I was taking him to my pediatric cardiologist. Um I probably okay. took him probably the first five or six years of his life. Um, 
to the point to got to the point where my um cardiologist was like, um, do you not trust me anymore? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? He said, I keep telling you he's fine, and <laughs> you keep bringing him back. Like you're, you're, and I was like, listen, sir, I probably took him until he was six, if I'm not mistaken. I think I took yeah. him until he was six, and he was, he was like, you, you, you don't believe what I tell you? I believe, but you know, just in case, you know. Yeah. But yeah. after that, and he doesn't have any of those issues. Um, other than that, it did not really directly affect his until I had to have my third surgery. Mm, okay, because he was yeah. Because he was in sixth grade when I had my third surgery. Um, and so I had the third surgery, you know, excuse me. That one went pretty standard. Routine. Um, routine, per se, you know, but there were things. It was the fourth surgery because my life situation had changed. Um, when I went into the hospital to have my fourth open heart surgery, we were homeless. Mm. Um, I went into the hospital to have that surgery and didn't know where I was going to go when I got out the hospital. He had to go stay with friends from school. Um, it was, it was a lot. And then the recovery because of the complications, because of all of the other things, the recovery from that was, was much harder. Um, and our life situation was much harder. Um, I ended up staying with my godmother's best friend um after i got out the hospital but she was going through life and while i could stay there my son could not because she was going mm. through a divorce at the time and her soon-to-be ex-husband would not allow another male to sleep overnight at the house where his daughter lived um so she um the family that he had been staying with allowed him to stay with them during the week. He was in school. He was in seventh grade. He literally would call me. He would have his teachers. I need to call and check on my mama yeah. every day. Yeah. And let me not answer that phone. I got, I might not yeah. answer that first time, but I better catch it that second time. <laughs> it was going to be, it was going to be a problem. Um, yeah. The family that he stayed with, they would bring him to me on Fridays and he would stay with me Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then they would pick him back up on Monday. So I got to see my son on the weekends. Um, he and over the weekend, like he he was my caregiver, to be quite honest. Um, we would be in the kitchen. I would show him how to cook stuff. So he would cook food because like I stayed with her, but she didn't like like she had her own life going on. I just happened to stay in an extra bedroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. He would do my laundry. Um, I wasn't allowed to get in the shower without supervision um, in case I slipped and fell. So that's when I would get in, actually get in the shower. I would just take like little like sink baths, little sponge baths during the week. But on the weekend, I would get in the shower and he would be right there. He would try and comb my hair because I had hair at the time um, as much <laughs> as he could. Um he cooked for me. He, you know, would lay my clothes out, like pretty much everything that I needed for the next week, he would do on the weekend. Wow. Hmm. Well, kudos to your son for that. I mean, Definitely. especially at that age, uh, seventh grade, 12, 13 years old, mm -hmm. for just stepping up yeah. and 
done what needed to be done. So kudos to him. I hope. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. One time I remember this was probably the hardest situation that we dealt with. Um, I developed this blood clot. Even though I was on a blood thinner, I developed a blood clot in my ex. Uh-oh. Did she freeze up? Did I freeze up? Yeah. Okay. Yep, you did. Okay. Yeah, Go back to you developed the blood clot. Yeah, I had developed a blood clot in my external jugular vein. I was in the hospital and then they were moving me to ICU. Well, I didn't have anywhere for my son to go. So he was at the hospital with me. And typically you ain't supposed to have overnight guests in ICU. But I didn't have anywhere for my son to go. And yeah. so when they came to get me to take me from the regular room to ICU, um, when they got me into the ICU room, the nurse told him, can you, she gave him a couple dollars and said, go to the vending machine, give us about 10 minutes or so, and then you can come back 10 or 15 minutes because we need to get her hooked up to everything. So mm -hmm. he left out. And during that time, they hooked me up to all the machines and the such. There was a... um a tech doing an echo on my heart um, and the nurse was there and all of this. And so when he finally came back into the room, it looked really different than when he had left out. Cause now I'm in this room and there are machines and there are things beeping and there are wires and tubes and everything coming from everywhere. And I remember he walked into the room and he looked at me and he said, no, and he turned around and he took off running. I'm his mama. So mm. my, my, my instinct is to go chase after my baby. I tried to jump up to go after my baby. The nurse dove over me. She said, you can't. I said, what do you mean? She said, if you get out of this bed, you'll be dead before you make it to the doorway. You have to let mm. him go. Damn. Um, I laid there. I looked and I was just like, he was gone for a little while and then he came back in the room. He walked around because the tech was still over there. He walked around. He crawled up in the bed with me and he laid on me and he said, Mama, please don't die. Just please don't die. Don't leave me. And he laid on me and he cried like a little baby and I cried and the nurse cried and the tech cried. We was all in there crying um, because in that moment, I mean, what do you, what do you do? It's that, that I'm all he has. And he just laid, he literally laid on me and cried himself to sleep. And he just begged me not to die and not to leave him. And I beg God not to take me because I didn't want to leave my baby. Um, Thankfully, here I am. Now, I can tell you, um, as a single mom, I know that feeling all too well. Um, 
especially over the summer when I had my uh, medical issue and I was waiting to tell my son because I didn't know if they were going to release me or not. And he knows our routine. So when I'm not at home at a certain time, he called and he didn't got crafty to where he video calls. He don't phone call. He video calls. And if I don't answer that video call, he already is like something ain't right. So as soon as he answered and he seen me hooked up to the IV and everything, them eyes went white. And I was like, breathe, breathe. Mommy's okay. And I had to go into explaining because I know my mama show couldn't explain it to him. Lord Jesus. Nobody could explain it but me for him to understand. So I had to, you know, explain to add a little humor in there. I was like, well, you know, mommy is currently... Um, auditioning to be a vampire for Hotel Transylvania. So I'm getting a blood transfusion, see this, you know, and I'm explaining everything mm -hmm. to him. But he still was nerved because he was, at that time now, I'm getting like 30-minute checks. He checking on me like every 30 minutes. So just that look in his eyes, I know that feeling of when it's you're in that situation and it's like you're in that situation and you're, like you said, all he has. And that look and that feeling, y'all both going through the motions because you know, uh, mm, I, I ooh, yeah, that that was probably our first encounter on that level. And that uh, I was in that, I, that's a prayer I pray every day is God leave me here as long as possible for my baby. Like, ugh, yeah, that's. Other question, other than your son, right, or the obvious, like who has been your strongest support? My mama. Your mother? I didn't know mother, father, you know. Yeah, my mama, listen. Mama. So I remember when I had my very first open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. um, when I went to go in, I asked my mama, how am I going to know I didn't die? And she said, mm. when you open your eyes, you'll see me. When you wake up, you'll see my face. As long as you see my face, you know you didn't die. And so that has been a staple. Every single surgery I've had, I've told as an adult, I have told them, listen, don't let me wake up until my mama is right there. You think you did. They did it one time. I think it was the last pacemaker surgery. They let me wake up and I didn't see my mama's face. Listen. <laughs> I was hollering. <laughs> hollering and screaming. <laughs> Not the anesthesia had you confused. Not understanding in the moment. If you hollering and screaming, you obviously yeah, you alive. But I opened my eyes and looked around and it was the room that they had me in was white. It was like a white curtain. Nobody mm, was in the room oh. with me. Nobody was there. Yeah. You thought you was on your way. So is there anyone else in your family that deals with um, this condition, mother's side, father's side? Do you know where? Um, I found out a few years ago that I have a cousin that was born with a ventricular septal defect. Maternal. 
maternal on my father's side. Paternal, okay. Paternal side. Um, but hers closed up, you know, within months after birth. Um, okay. and that's the only other person. But no, nobody else in my family has had any cardiac, like none of it. Hmm. Not to the level where, you know. Right, right. The only one. Well, definitely shout out to mama because yeah, yeah. Woo, shout out to the support. Yes, because when you my yeah, family your baby, you know, my son, my siblings, my daddy, you know, they out, but but your mama gonna always. I mean, it's your mama. Yeah. I'm her firstborn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's your mama. It's my mama. Definitely. Uh, so. I know um, you you are busy, B. You do a lot. Uh, that's mm -hmm. something else that I admire. So, with the jobs that you've had during this journey, how hard of a time had you experienced when you've had to take off for your surgeries? Uh, so, well, the only ones that I had to deal with were the last two, um, because the other ones I was a kid. The first two I was a kid. Um. Yeah. The last two major surgeries, um, honestly, I wasn't employed because, well, the third surgery, I was employed. Um, but then with having to, I, I couldn't, I couldn't work. And the yes, job did not yes, have yes. benefits. It didn't have like medical leave. So I had to stop. And then when I had my fourth surgery, it was after the third surgery and I had the fourth surgery because the third surgery didn't work. Mm. Yeah. So after I had to stop working from the third surgery, um, it just kind of, that's, that's pretty much kind of how it went into the fourth surgery. So I wasn't employed during that time. So how close were the third and fourth surgery together? I had the third surgery, February 5th, 2011. And I had the fourth surgery, January 9th, 2013. They actually wanted to do the fourth surgery in like 2011, later in 2011 or 2012. But because my life situation was what it was, my doctor told me that he didn't feel comfortable putting me on the table with all the other life stresses that I had going on. He didn't yeah. feel comfortable putting me, you know, yeah. under that kind of, you know, because he wasn't sure if I'd come out right, right, because right. of the other stress. So they postponed the fourth surgery as far out as they could. Like okay. I was going back um, really regularly. And then we just got it to, it got to the point where you got to have it or you, you ain't going to make it. So yeah. that's why yeah. it took so long yeah. to have the fourth surgery. And I mean, my life stresses were still what they were, but it was like, had a surgery or not be here. Yeah. And so I had to have the surgery. Was Definitely. that um, a time where you was almost like effort? Like, I know. No. Um, primarily because I had a kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I, I got kid. And not for nothing. My parents are orphans. My mom's mom died when she was two years old. My mm -hmm. dad is an orphan. My parents actually met in the orphanage when they were seven years old. Oh, I wow. had seen firsthand what adults, 
that were children orphans look like. Okay. There were child orphans. Mm. I saw firsthand what they look like. I saw firsthand the struggles that they have. And I didn't want to do that to my kid. Because if I was gone, that's what he would be. Like, I mean, he would have, you know, my mom and them would have taken him and, you know, but it ain't nothing like, you know, it's your mom. And so I, I didn't want my son to be an orphan. So giving up was never an option. I had no choice but to fight. I like that. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Never been an option. Wow. It still is not an option. And at this point, when it comes to like my heart itself, um, everything that can be done to my own heart has been done. So we're at the point where if by chance something else were to happen and it would be that was with my heart, my only recourse would be a transplant at this point. But mm -hmm. I told my doctor, sir, somebody else's heart might not know how to love my people the way my people need to be loved. So I'm going to keep my own. Mm. That's not how that goes. <laughs> I know that's not how it goes, but that's what I told the doctor. <laughs> Wait, that's different. Okay, whatever. I'll tell you what I told. And you. I know you did. And I, 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 I can just, I, yeah, uh, yeah, that is so you. I ain't finna go there. Somebody else's heart might not know how to love my people the right way, so I need to keep my own. And so that's that's what I believe is going to be. I got mine. This, listen, it might have had, it might have had some defects, and it might have had some issues, but it's mine. And yeah. it still works. And so I, do you mind sharing uh, your age or is that too much? No, I'm 42 years old. 42, okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask that earlier. Yeah, I'm 42. Had my first two surgeries when I was 12 and I'm about to celebrate 30 years. So, yeah, I'm 42. Wow. 42 years old and they didn't think I, they told me I shouldn't live past six. That part. And my goal is to be a hundred because they told me that there was no way that I'd ever be able to live to be a hundred. So I want to be at least a hundred years old with all my faculties though. I want to, I want to, I want to have my faculties. Do y'all want to live? <laughs> Do y'all want to see a hundred? Yes. If I could see a hundred plus, that is a yeah, blessing. Plus, but at least a hundred. I want to be at least a hundred. What about you? At least. Thanks. You want to uh, see a hundred? I don't think so. Right. That's like, I mean, the, uh, you know, you roll the mirror around. Look, so okay. No, so I want to have all my faculties. I want to still yeah. have my mind and be able to be take in the right state of mind. But I want to I get to the country with all my faculties. Because yeah. I don't know if y'all pay attention. I post a lot of that on my Facebook. When they have the older people, black people or whatever, that 100 and something. They just celebrated 102 and they're in their right mind. They moving and grooving still. Like I share them on the post because I'm like that in this day and age when everything is going on, that is a blessing on a whole different level. And they moving and grooving. They it's that like the the one, the the black hairdresser been doing hair for like 70, 80 years, and she's still doing hair. She's still moving and grooving. Standing up on and rolling hair and doing hair. Like that is a whole level of blessing and just 
man, bless me, God, to get to that level. Like, say, I'm still moving and grooving and in my right mind. And that's a whole different blessing. Now, if I'm suffering, I ain't going to say I probably want to do it to 100. It's still a blessing to be here. But to be at that level where I'm still, like I said, in my right mind, aware, I'm still getting around, ain't nobody like, you know, spoon yeah. feeding me. And I ain't drinking my vegetables out of straw. Who, and that's another thing while we're talking about that part. So I see you be on your smoothies. Oh, Lord, I just ain't ready to be drinking my vegetables at 44. I just ain't. And I know that you're also vegan. Does that have I anything not to vegan. do well, you some stuff, vegan stuff. If I didn't you post the, the mac, you still ain't sent me the macaroni and cheese recipe neither. Oh, I got you. I got you. But I am yeah. not vegan. Because I, I don't eat beef, okay. pork, Ooh. or dairy. Damn near vegan. Look, damn near vegan. But cool. But that's I do up. eat Because I think that's why I felt that. Yeah, I do eat okay. seafood. I do eat um, poultry. So turkey okay. and chicken. Um, I eat eggs. But I don't eat beef, pork, or dairy. No cow, no pig. That's it. Got you. Got you. Yeah, them them ain't necessarily too much of my expression on no pork. So what you do when you want some ice cream? What you... <laughs> they have non-dairy ice cream. Nasty. They do. It's not nasty. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good. I was because I wanted this one time. I'm telling y'all, I wanted a shake. I wanted a strawberry shake. And I was like, I hadn't mm. had one in a long time. And so I went to Sprouts. I was like, they had this vanilla ice cream in there. And I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to try it. And y'all, it was good. It's made out of, I think the one I got was made out of coconut milk. It was really good. They have a bunch of different varieties. And I made me a strawberry. That was probably, listen. But yeah, when I want ice cream, nice. I just go get non-dairy ice cream. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I can make some dishes that are completely <laughs> vegan and they taste really, really good. Some One of the things that I like to do is to take things that we would traditionally eat and change the ingredients list to make them healthier and That's to not sacrifice the flavor, not sacrifice the taste. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. 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 Because I, I know, like I said, we had the conversation about the macaroni and cheese before. See, all that stuff is probably definitely why I thought she was vegan. Because the, I mean, you be because having I your little non -dairy cheese. Your smoothies. You be on your smoothies and like you I be juice. Channel, and I'm like, I do juice. Mm -hmm. I, um, I juice like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and so, yeah. So you say you juice every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right? So is that all you consume that day? Yes, juice and water. Some water, mm -hmm. and you, or and every now and then I might eat like I might eat the things that I would juice, but it has to be raw. But and you're able to stay within your liquid limit situation. Um, yes, because typically on the days that I don't juice, I reduce to kind of balance it out. Okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. What's your favorite juice? Like ingredient? Um, I'll have a favorite. Because they're never the same every time. Every one of them is different. Because I literally just, hmm, what do I have a taste for? And whatever I have a taste for that day, I make into juice 
but then I also make sure because the whole point is to get as many fruits and vegetables into your body as you can and you actually get them in a lot easier when you juice them um you get more of them in when you juice them and so I just I just grab produce and juice it okay so if I like to eat it then I pretty much will juice it there well let me not say that because I don't like I like to eat peaches I don't really like peaches juiced I like eating mangoes. I don't mm. really like them juiced because they make the juice thick. Mm, um, okay. So I don't like juicing those. I absolutely positively will not ever eat a beet. However, I have found a way to juice <laughs> them without tasting the beet. I have found out that if you soak the beet for a minimum of 24 hours, in vinegar and water, it pulls out all the dirt taste, and you don't taste it at all. That beach tastes worse than dirt. That they it's, absolutely. It's I completely beach. agree with you, but I have found out that if you soak the beet in vinegar and water, like I cut it in half, soak it in vinegar and water for a minimum of twenty-four hours, sometimes longer, it pulls all that out, and then when you mix it with all the other stuff that you're juicing, you don't taste it. So you get all the benefits without the taste. Look here. Pickle beets. Man, say they tried to beat me to death with trying to get my iron back up. And that was the first thing they said. Oh, yeah. I remember you were struggling. (laughs) I I wouldn't be able to eat it. Man, I was having problems. I I would not be able to eat it at all. Yeah. But I have learned how to be able to drink it. Hmm. Okay. At that, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like you. Okay. Yeah. Typically, what I do when I get ready to make juice, I just decide what color I want it to be, and then I find stuff to make my juice that color. So, so I might want a red juice or a green juice or a purple juice or orange juice, and and uh, I do stuff to make my juice be that color. That's what's okay. up. That is what's up. Oh, yeah. uh, that old man memory is tragic. Whatever. See, if you had you some non dairy ice cream, that would might help you out with your memory. I'm not sick of you. CK, my mama said to tell you liver is a good source for you to be able to build uh, yeah. your iron. We had that conversation. Yeah, that was another one. Listen, when I was pregnant with my son, I had really, really low iron. I was very anemic when I was pregnant. And so I had to eat liver. I could tell you, I don't know nobody else's, but I would eat my mama's. I won't, I won't, and to, well, I don't eat beef at all anymore. But when I was pregnant with my son, I would eat my mom. She, like once a week, I had to eat it. And she would make that good liver and onions and that gravy. But I only eat hers. I won't eat nobody else's. <laughs> See, I'm like that too with different stuff. But I, I guess I don't know. I don't. I know my mama cook it, but my I'm, my, my mom mama said if she cooked it, you'd eat it, TK. <laughs> I probably would. I, I probably would. I would actually be willing to try it. I just like that's one thing on my menu that I don't cook at all. So I was brave because I went to the store. I had every intention of cooking it. I did. 
bought it and I look at it, I open my life. <laughs> <laughs> what else I can take? Let me go on. Take extra iron pill today because I, I looked at it to the point I was like, you know what? Let me just go and put it in the freezer because I don't want it to go bad. And it probably stayed we in the freezer. Put, it's still in the freezer. I could go pull it I out believe, right now. I believe. Yeah. But my iron is up very well. It is up to normal levels. So, I mean, I made some other adjustments. I just didn't do yep. the liver and the beef. Mm hmm. Green, green leafy, leafy green vegetables yes. have a lot of iron in them as well. So that's another really great. I did. That if was my. I want to get it from animals because honestly, the animals get it from green leafy vegetables. So you can get yes. it from the green leafy vegetables as well. So yeah. and I that's ate another really great source and cabbage, and I ate all that. I even the had darker the green better. The darker the green, the I do have to be careful with my green vegetable intake because green vegetables also have a lot of vitamin K in them, That's and vitamin K blood. thickens your blood. And I take a blood thinner, yeah. so I have to be really careful with the amount of green vegetables that I intake. Um, but you know, I just keep it pretty much consistent, and then I have a machine where I can check it and make sure I'm not too thick or too thin because I have to be mindful okay. of that. Yeah, look at Dino and his little stuff over there with his vitamins. Oh, shucks. That's what's up. But yes, I, I did. I, I did the leafies and the beans. I added extra to that because, yeah, I was struggling. I even had bought some. I went to Luby's and actually bought me some liver. And I was like. <laughs> the restaurant down here. I know what Luby's is. We used to have them up here. They closed most of them up here. Oh, yeah. we, we got a couple still here. We, we got a couple still mm -hmm. here. So. I mean, I hit them about once a week. So I did. I, I tried. I tried a couple times to eat. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> but again, my iron is up to the level it's supposed to be. So I did what well, I was supposed to. Be. Good. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I don't plan to go back down that aisle no ever ever in life. So uh, I will be keeping that routine that I have because yeah, that that was hell some more hell. But yeah, so ooh, hell no. Pinks, you real quiet. But you I wouldn't. Girl, you you didn't took me for a loop, and um, that's a lot. I, I I just commend you because knowing me, I get the whole thing about having kids with baby. I'd have been tired. I'd have been like, oh lord, I'm tired. I was like at a young age to have to start something like that and just continue throughout forty two years. It's like that's a lot. That's a lot. And I'd be Lord, I'm tired. But you do, you look, you making it work. You doing what you supposed to do. They'd have tried to take my beef. I'd have been like, I'm gonna eat this sausage. And they didn't take my beef. I gave it up. You did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you doing it's what? Been you five years. To It'll be five years next month since I've had beef pork or dairy. I gave it up myself. See, and they didn't take it from doing me. what needs to be done. Some of us hard headed. We ain't gonna do it. We gonna be drinking, eating, doing whatever you know that we ain't supposed to be doing. So yeah. with the life changes and things that you're doing to to continue to press on, like, yep, commendable girl, you doing it. Yeah. So what you over there eating? Grapes. You've been eating grapes for three hours. <laughs> I like grapes, dog. 
Matter of fact, longer than that, you was eating grapes. What was that about? Four, four. Dude, you gonna turn into a grape? I could be eating more of a raisin. I could be eating right. cookie. But you still gotta watch that sugar and that fruit, though. I'm, I'm diluting it with the water. Now what? I promise I just tell you this, uh, um, you got me with the matters of the heart. I was not expecting this type of matters of the heart. I know, you know, I'm always, you know, nice and sweet. Kudos to you on that. I was expecting matters of the heart, the emotional aspect, not the um, um, the Physical, yeah, the, that, that those matters of the heart. Well, those are the matters that really matter. So, good job, man. For real, for real. This was this Thank is you. a great show, a great topic. Um, definitely, definitely a, a twist from what I'm used to. True. Thank you for uh, being open and transparent, and for just spreading awareness. And I, I, I've never even heard of a, of, a, of a conversation like this, but I have heard of people dealing with uh, similar um, issues or conditions. So kudos to you, ma'am. Keep talking about everything. Keep spreading knowledge. So, yeah. yeah. Kudos. Was there, uh, was there any questions in the comments? I wasn't really looking, but I'll answer. I didn't see any. I didn't see any. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think like like you you I think you did them like you did pinks. I think you messed them up. I don't think they was ready. It's a lot. It is. And it, I understand it. it I understand that it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to absorb, especially in one sitting. And of course, I didn't have to absorb it in one sitting. You know, I lived it. So yeah. To sit and talk about it in one sitting, it's like whoo. But yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Have you ever had someone not want to date you because of it or anything like that? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, I was dating this guy um, right around the time I got ready to have my third surgery. Um, and like we was together and <laughs> I went to the hospital. Um, there was a freak snowstorm. Um mm in Dallas, go figure. Um, and it took me, I the town that I lived in, my hometown is about an hour south of Dallas, but because of this snowstorm, it took me like almost three and a half, almost four hours to make it to Dallas. We left at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning for me to be there by seven. That's how bad it was. Um, I made it to the hospital, got ready to go into the surgery and they came like I was in the back waiting for them to come get me for surgery. Like I had IV, everything was in. And they came and said, we're too short staffed to do your surgery. So we're going to have to postpone it to tomorrow because not enough people could make it in because of the roads wow. to get here. And so yeah. they were like, they put my mom um, and my son up. They gave them like this little apartment that the hospital owns, like right next to the to the hospital for them to stay in that night. And then I stayed in the hospital because I was fully prepped for surgery. Um, yeah. So that night I called him 
you know, to let him know, give him an update, and was like, hey, what you doing? And he said, sitting at my girlfriend's house. Oh, he had already moved on. Excuse me? Yeah, my house? <laughs> no, love. He no, did. He at my girlfriend's house getting my hair, getting my scalp greased. Because he had a lot of hair, and I was like, you know what? And he said, yeah, I just couldn't do it. The thought of possibly losing you is too much. I just can't do it. But he still lost you because he... Hmm. Well, that's a matter of the heart. <laughs> well, yeah. just want to get him just bam. Wow. So, where was you gonna tell me? Like, where does the girlfriend? That part, like, and it was. I mean, he said it that way for the shock factor. To he said it purposely that way so that I would end it immediately because he knew that's exactly what I was going to do. That wasn't his girlfriend, but yeah. it was somebody else that had wanted to talk to him, and he wasn't talking to her because we was together. And so, yeah, but he said it that way on purpose. For the shock factor. And mm. I was like, you know, right, right. You didn't, he didn't even know when I called him that I had not had the surgery. So when I called you, what if I was calling you to tell you I just got out of surgery? Like, you know, yeah. Mm. So that was it. Damn. But I've had right, yeah. like, that's a whole lot to deal with. And like, they may not, he was the one that was very forthcoming with saying it. But I had other people that was like, man, that's a lot to deal with. And they just kind of slowly back away, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I am very, especially at this great forty age of 42, I'm very, hey, so is this too much for you? Can you handle this? Because this will always, I'm very... Like upfront with the question now, I I ask specific questions. Are you sure you can deal with this? It's a lot. Hey, just FYI, this is what it is. So I'm very upfront about it now because you know. Yeah. 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 I feel that, and I think now as we have gotten older, there are things we even more of because I know that's the first thing I'm jumping out the box with is like, like. Just to let you know, I have a son with autism. Right. Is that too much for you? Because they get that they gotta be around all the time. What love Hey, he ain't going nowhere. He mine. Exactly. This heart, it ain't going nowhere. It's gonna be here. I don't know. You might get some. You might get some what? I said she might get a another one. Uh, no, I, I'm keeping this one. That's the one. You don't listen. I do listen. I listen very well. You 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 know how he is. It's the Libra in him. He be pushy. Cushy. What? Pushy. Pushy. I didn't say cushy. Pushy. Where your mom at? Pushy. <laughs> Special. Uh yeah. You know what? You you know what? You, you, yeah, I'm a little worried about you. Um, so was that your outro that you gave? Because you gave a nice little message. I was just curious. No, I was just I just wanted to say it before I forgot. Oh, because you've been doing that very well today. Sleepy. Getting this. been sleepy all day. Hmm. 
if you took a nap instead of eating a pound of grapes an hour could have had a nap those ain't even the cotton candy ones are they i don't like the cotton candy ones these are just the regular green grapes That's just okay. Well, after you chew that, you want to go ahead and give your outro so we ain't got to hear you smacking. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> Sister Lee, yes, sir, ma'am. Um, first, I want to say, um, kudos, kudos on everything. On, 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 first of all, raising an awesome son, uh, being an awesome daughter, you know, for your um, everything that you have overcame and that you are still overcoming keep grinding keep pressing um but i will say this remember that we are not meant to do everything alone i see that you are a fighter i see that you are strong and i see that you feel like you can handle it and you probably can handle it alone but it doesn't mean that you have to handle it alone all right so tk again great job on putting together tonight's um show look forward to more awesome topics like this definitely definitely a great job all right that's all i got everybody holler at me uh dj onk life on tiktok instagram facebook peace that's it all right um sleep give your outro um just keep swimming just keep swimming <laughs> Keep swimming. The words of Dory, just keep swimming. I, I was telling y'all um, the 10 year anniversary that I just celebrated yesterday. And I look at how my life was just 10 years ago. And I look at how it is now. And it was hard. It was difficult. I had, you know, ups and downs throughout these last 10 years. But just keep swimming. Keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I might have to go watch that with my baby. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, Jackie says much. And YouTube, and Instagram. Yeah. That's yes, definitely. My name's right there. Uh, Jackie said much respect given to you. Thank you her. so very much. All right, Nika Pinks. My turn, my turn. Well, I just want to say, Slee, thank you so much for coming on here tonight, being open, transparent, and, you know, bringing knowledge, letting us know what's the true matters of the heart that, like Dee said, really, really matter. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot to process, to take in, but I mean, it's life. Everybody has something. Everybody has a story. <laughs> Every story is different. Yours, most definitely, it, it's a beautiful story. It's a story of, you know, a, a trial coming up and you just you pushing through it and you know you bulldoze and stuff to the side and you just keep going and keep going and keep going and that says a lot about you and your character so i never got an opportunity to sit down you know and talk to you or hear your story or even part of it so for me just to hear it it's like wow that's a lot and i give it to you girl you a strong individual because baby i i come from a very strong woman i'd be crazy be crazy but yes so i was bred in a womb of strength so I have no choice. But mm. There it is. So. I love that. Oh, I love that. 
I love that. That's and, what's up. Uh, what? Oh, uh, uh, Pink's message. Yeah, Philip Walker then showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Walker. Oh. Pink, your well, husband then showed up. My husband <laughs> then showed up. Yeah, he mm -hmm. was here. You're welcome, Mama. Yes. My mama's watching. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell her hello and thank you so much. That's yeah. a um, thank uh I just definitely want to thank you, Slee, for coming on tonight. Um, because I know we talked about it uh some months back, and hey, like you say, life be life. And when I hit you up about it, you was very open. Um, and I definitely thank you for coming on because I'm telling you, your story just is, it's, it's amazing to me. And it, it speaks so in volumes at, as a single mom, a lot of times we go through and how much we have to juggle and we worry with, we still, even in the midst of our storm, we still worry about our kids and try to do the best that we can for our kids, even though we are not in the healthiest places, but we do. And, you know, it may be rough, but we still push through and continue the journey no matter what. Um, and that just, that speaks volumes on top of volumes. And I'm just so glad that you are still here and you beat the odds because your testimony is, baby, is mm -hmm. out of this world, definitely. Um, and I definitely hope that this helps somebody tonight, like really, because it didn't put me in a whole different place and mind space myself. Um, and until you're actually in these trenches and have to deal with anything, even above, even at a medium nature, you wouldn't even begin to understand. So I definitely salute you um, for that and appreciate you for not only coming on, but also following and supporting because you do. Yes. Um, yeah. So I thank you um, to everybody that watched tonight. I thank you as always and appreciate. I know we haven't had a episode of this nature for a little bit. Um, some people don't want to come on and talk and tell their stories. So we're working on it, hopefully getting some more stories out like this that educate um, besides autism. But we always have somebody for autism. They don't mind talking because that journey is a whole nother one in itself. Um, but again, thank y'all for tuning in. Much love and we appreciate. Uh, definitely uh, follow everybody on their handles. Their stuff is in there. Also, I posted the um, link to the actual website that we have. I haven't been advertising that enough, but y'all can go on there and leave messages. Um, also, comment. That's also another direct way where you can catch the um, the the catch of the replays. Um, if you missed the episode as well, thank you, Russell. Please do watch the replay. Uh, it's a great episode. Watching it from the beginning. Um, but I, again, I thank y'all, TikTok family, uh, YouTube family, everybody that came on and watched as well as supported tonight. Um, most definitely appreciated and never taken for granted. So on that note, we are out for tonight. Um, don't know what the topic could be, but already y'all know, just check the Facebook, TikTok, one of those, and it's going to be what it's going to be. But thank y'all as always, and we out. Yeah.